You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> Samson Crouppen. That's right. I said it right, too. You did. I as long as I've known you. I have to make sure I say it right. Um, I'm glad you're here, Samson, because, you know, we're friends, but I actually don't really know you that well. Really? Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, every time we hang out, true. it's very professional. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's how, how it is with a lot of people um, in Hollywood a little bit. Or Yeah. But you're one of those guys who um, you're, you're in a lot of, you have your fingers in a lot of pies. <laughs> that sounded really Don't bad. Don't tell my wife. Jesus, Bill. <laughs> yeah, I finger a lot of pies. You finger a lot of pies. Um, yeah. And I've always admired that about you. You always have, you. you're working, I think one of the first times, we were the first time we worked together was probably Chocolate Sunday. Right, yeah, back in the day, yeah. On the uh, comedy playground. On the plumbing. Wednesday nights. And we are, um, I would say we're a small coterie yes. of white comics. Yeah. Sort of involved with Pookie Wigginton. Coterie. 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 I, I couldn't like think that. of a better word. We are. There is. It's like uh, Eric Schwartz, Adam Hunter, yeah. Gary Owens, obviously, is probably the most famous yeah. of us. Speaking <laughs> of which, I want. I do want to, you know, because I've never talked about this on the podcast before, yeah. uh, the uh, How a White Man Says the N-Word to a Black Man video. Oh, sure. Which, as yeah. we stand, is the most, I think it's the most viewed video on the Laugh Factory of all time. YouTube. Um and I think probably if you aggregate all the things, it's well over 100 million views. Easily, yeah. So um, now we were there when all that went down and how it kind of evolved and came about. You mm-hmm. you were even before me, you were working with Pookie in the Comedy Playground. So I used to get attacked when it first came out. You were actually the one you called me. I was in New York. You right. said, hey, have you checked out Facebook right now? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I think it was 2 million views when you called yeah by the end of the day it was eight million i yeah and then i think even the next day it was up to like 23 million it, it went it went yeah. crazy viral yeah and then uh yeah i remember that because i was calling you because some guy had put it on his page and was getting all the credit and so i'd hit that guy up and said hey you need to credit the comedians in this and then as if, as we've talked before it's kind of a controversial bit because speaking of gary owens he's always i had a I had an interaction with Gary Owens where I was working, you know, at Bite Size, and he came in and I showed him, and uh, and I said, uh, you know, look at this, it's going mad viral, and he goes, that's my bit. Gary Owens claims that he wrote that bit, which, like we said, that bit, as far as I know, was developed at the Comedy Playground, Walter Hong. Uh, Who's an Asian? Com- wrote, I mean, is redundant. Say Asian. Asian. Man, why'd you have to build? Yeah, <laughs> no, he is. A, I think he's Korean to be specific. Yes, yeah, he is. Um, but he wrote the bit in terms of that uh, that uh, show, the comedy playground. And then I think we, everybody, you guys developed it with Justin Mitchell. You, Eric Blake. Uh, Eric Blake was in it. Uh, so I don't know. What do you think about? Well, it, it was weird because when. He was coming on my page, calling me a plagiarist or stealing shit. I I I'd heard of Gary Owen before. I'd right. never seen him live or any recorded. I, I've never been a guy who's like, let me check out the white guy doing the black rooms. You know, right. it doesn't really interest me for whatever reason. Yeah. So, but I heard he was good. You know, I have nothing bad to say yeah, about Gary Owen. Um, and he obviously like carved a niche out. So then I saw the stand-up bit that he does where he takes the same idea. So you have seen it. I've never seen it. I ended up watching it because I said, what's the deal? And it's a stand-up bit where he is talking about getting in a fight. Uh, basically, I think he's getting jumped by a group of black guys. Is it the one with his, he's with his son and his, or it's, okay, go, I'll let you explain it. But. And he basically, he goes, and these guys were like, and I wanted, oh, I was so mad. I was, oh, da, da. And I wanted to say, a black guy, a friend of his walks out on stage. And he goes like, you know what? I'm going to kick your ass. Bubba, da 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 da, bubba bubba. Mm. So it's basically using the N word in the most violent, aggressive way I see. possible. And I think that the interesting, the, the cool thing about the skit we developed at Chocolate Sunday was 
it was all the nuances. I mean, I don't want to say nuances, but all well, the different ways of word it's used as a friend. It's used well, as there, like <clears throat> there was a lot of cadence to that sketch. If you watch it, yeah. I mean, it's kind of musical, you know, because he goes, you know, your your whole thing of yeah, well, I don't really want to have your money, yeah, and and and, 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 and you know, it kind of please, right? You know? There's there's a lot of and it's. I don't know. I, I haven't seen Gary Owen's bit, but it sounds like what he's angry about is that w- we use the vehicle or whatever, but it's a totally different kind of take on the joke. Yeah. In a sense, you That's know? always like, an interesting idea in comedy so in general. he has had a friend of his come out on stage and, and then just say when the he's, when he's <clears throat> fighting with this these black guys who jumped him, okay. he goes, da, 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 I'm going to kick your ass. And the guy but what says was his it. setup? He's like, man, if I could go back, I would have had my friend. No, his there setup is to... like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I was so mad, and I could. It's almost like they they almost used that exact premise on Curb Your Enthusiasm when they brought Kramer back. Oh, okay. They yeah, did a similar yeah. thing where like he couldn't say it, but right. Um, I remember that. I remember when they did that. On so Curb. I just found that to be a different. It's a similar premise, yeah. I mean, but not the same premise. It's enough of I. So, which is an interesting idea in comedy in general, which is you. If you're saying someone stole my premise, right? I never think that's enough. No, it's you have not. A premise. You don't set think of anybody else has had that thought? Like, oh, it'd be nice to. <clears throat> yeah, if I was in a situation, I'd have a black guy say the N word for me. You know, that's the yeah. base of the joke, basically. Yeah. And uh, so anybody could have thought of it, but it, you know, it's almost like editing. A lot of times, you give an editor the same footage and they'll edit it two different ways yeah and that being said in gary Owen's defense after that video went how white misses n-word went video went viral mm-hmm. other people were doing the same video the same concept in different oh, ways sure. and i was like they stole my fucking bit yeah like you're, so. yeah <laughs> you get angry too um so samson uh i want to get a little bit of your backstory because i sure. don't do think we've ever have? had uh, a moment where book. we sat down and chilled because we're we're both white people. We look like we could be related. Yeah, that's true. From same family, from same ilk. Yeah, probably, I'm Scotch Irish. You probably Irish. have a little better build than I do, but yeah. <laughs> well, you wrestled, didn't you? You look like you wrestled. You look I like you got a wrestling. Wrestle. How good were you? I got fifth in state my senior year of high school. Jesus, what state? Uh, Missouri. Missouri, and Missouri. I imagine that's a pretty good. That's a good state. Yeah, I mean Missouri. Um, you know. State finals were in Cape Girarda, Missouri. So that's <laughs> like just to give you an idea. Yeah, Pretty yeah. Pretty country. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, I'd say for me, that was the best I could be at wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fifth like maybe was if like, I had had three more years yeah. of high school, you know, then maybe I could have perfected it or something. Yeah. But for or if you- me, I was really okay to just get a medal. I mean, I think that's amazing. Yeah, I was happy with that. I mean, just in terms of where your life lands, I think that's kind of how I am with life in general. I'm okay to with come fifth? in fifth place, <laughs> you know, because there's a, there's fifth a, place is good. It medals. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of there's a lot of good in fifth place. So yeah, I agree. Be first. It's like I just want a place in life, you know. <laughs> I like that. That's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, right. So, what were you wrestling at in high school? Oh man, <laughs> is it gonna make you depressed? Year, I 105. Uh, 112. Jesus. Which is insane because I weighed probably 135. Um, but you I wanted to that make much? varsity. My parents were furious with me and they didn't find out until the, um, what was it, like the, the sectionals to qualify for state. And they called my name at 112. And my parents were like, uh, we need to talk. Like, this is weird. You know, yeah. it's a lot of weight for a. 15 year old to just be how did you lose weight i mean i want to know how to lose weight right now a lot of times you either you didn't eat or like but talk about discipline i could sit there with my friends at a late night diner and with a cup of ice and they're all just eating (laughs) now cut to me now i have no discipline. you know what i mean like i no. well i I mean that's another thing about because you are also one things that i admire about you as well is you're like a man you're a pater familias you got uh, yeah. you got yourself a wife. How many kids you have? I have three kids. Yeah. Three I've kids. Spread my seed, Lord. Yeah. And a w- <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> it's out there. Them. And um, do you? Uh, are you the? I don't. Want, this is indelicate. But no, are you the breadwinner in this family? Does, is your wife you holding know, down the um, fort? Yeah. I mean, as of now, I am. But uh, for you know, for a while, my wife, I would say, was earlier in the relationship. So we've definitely. I'm very happy now that. I can kind of say that, but we've, we've been, 
you know, pretty good about when uh, she has to, if she had to pay the, the rent or the mortgage. Yeah. You know, or, um, and it was usually not that. We would always split it, but if it was just whatever. If sure. You had to flip it. Yeah. Um, the reason I say that is because I find, because you're part of the entertainment community in LA that is working and doing well and producing, doing different things. Yeah. But there's that rarefied air, Bel Air, Beverly Hills, sure. Hollywood Hills, uh, that's very different from the world we live in. Yeah. And so whenever I've been in a relationship, the idea of having a kid just seems impossible. That it's seems like an crazy ep- like one kid. Right. I'm like, we can't afford a kid? No. And you had three. Three. It's pretty crazy. My <laughs> wife and I, we always said, uh, we'll never have kids in LA. We'll move out of LA before we decide to have kids. That was going to be the thing. And then- yeah. We, uh, you know, I have a 10 year old, an eight year old and a five year old. Wow. It, it, it's weird. I don't know. I, I thought it was going to be impossible also, but I think it's like maybe pets. Once you kind of get one. Sure. The frightening part of it is like, okay. Um, I told my wife, you know, she always tells everybody on before we had our third child, we were standing in front of the bathroom mirror and I'm behind her and I'm like, you know, this, this could be the one that causes the divorce <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, we don't have to do this we have a boy and a girl like, yeah we're good you bookended you know? it yeah but uh t- i swear her lucky number is three so yeah. i really think she always wanted three three is a good number and then i think about it you know my youngest charlie i mean oh my god you you can't imagine not having him once you, you of course here yeah um but it is it's a challenge but i think it's it's made me carve out a way different you know i'm, I'm not a typical comedian you know what i mean i've never been much of a traveling stand-up or like a hanger out at the club type of guy i I was say when we met at the comedy playground before i had kids i was i was a a hanger outer i love to party and hang out but i'm also i'm not one of these guys now who'll uh show up for the gram and come to your show and be like (laughs) great show tonight uh, and leave it just like totally open like well did you perform sam or did you just take a picture with bill her who performed at the laugh act you know yeah, yeah, so yeah. i i uh you know i've it, it's funny i'm in a different category of stand-ups because i know some stand-ups don't consider me or know me as a stand-up but i consider myself a, a great you know performer and stand-up um but because of having kids and everything i can't just go to the clubs every yeah. night or really dedicate <clears throat> my whole life to sure bill i'll go on the road with you this whole summer or whatnot i just it's yeah why would you and it's interesting I mean, thing if the that, money was there but again to leave my family for that long would be really it'd be it'd have to be so much money that you're like okay you know yeah another thing that i've talked about with, with comics on the show is being a road dog yeah road if dog. you're a road dog you don't have to be a cheat and you don't have to be a piece of shit going to strip clubs and fucking everything you can. Are you over 18? Let's go. Like you don't have to be that guy. This is one of the charming things about this podcast is the helicopters uh, looking for Britney Spears. Um, Poor Britney. Britney. (laughs) But I do think that um, it is hard to stay monogamous and or healthy on the road yeah I, I i would say here that i would i would be terrible i think that's part of why i've i've kind of chosen to go into producing or editing more of the production route <clears throat> in a weird way i know myself if i was on the road at all time it, it pretty much any guy you know what i mean like when people say, oh, my God, I can't believe Tiger Woods cheated on his wife with 15 women. I'm like, I'm surprised it wasn't 15,000. Exactly. Yeah. That's it? That dude gets uh, dime pieces thrown at his lap 10 times a day. And most men, unless maybe you have a little dick and you don't like to fuck, um, but a hot woman who is telling you, I want to have sex right now, mm-hmm. most men just don't really have that willpower to say no. Yeah. Because we don't get hit on like women do. And <clears throat> I'm yeah. not used to that attention. And particularly as comics, because I think most comics, I'm not saying most comics were all nerds or losers or right, incels or shit know. in high school, but at the same time, I think it's safe to say that a lot of comics have something missing in their Piaget cognitive development totally. showcase. Yeah. So I, I think, like to think you and I are not like that. Were yeah. you popular in high school? You know, it's funny. I was, I was athletic, 
So I was a var- I was varsity football, soccer, right. and track. Okay. Um, my high school was also, as you know, my sta- I go my high school was seventy percent black and thirty percent terrified. Right. So it was Larry. a different. It How was fast a- of a forty did you run? My forty wasn't great. Okay. My but I was I was the one white guy in the mile relay team. Okay. And I was kind of like they're like God damn it, Bill. I was almost, I was like the black guy in the in the in the relay team for swimming and okay. the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. He was great. Right. But he was the slowest of the four. Hilarious. I was definitely the slowest on a mile relay team. Sure. And I think eventually they uh, someone took my spot. I was okay. I think my so I, that was a 400 meter and I think my 400 meter was 55 That's seconds. That's fast. Or something like that. I was I was definitely fast for a white guy, yeah. you know what I mean? But like let's be honest. I was fast for a white guy. For a white, yeah, unfortunately. I mean there and are That's an actual thing. Yeah, there are. I mean there are people, but you know, I mean I'm Jewish, so we're really <laughs> <laughs> really not fat. I'm, somebody said to me when I played on the parent soccer team, they're like, you are deceptively fast. You know, meaning <laughs> they assumed I was such a slow piece of shit. And also because you're so Jewish, they're like, you got to be deceptive. Yeah, they're like, doesn't that big nose slow you down? <laughs> Uh-oh. We're going to get canceled. So I want to talk about that. So you're from Missouri. You're yeah. a, a Jew who doesn't look Jewish. I know. Whatever that it's, means. It's been my crux my whole life. It's um, weird. Uh, both my my mother's maiden name is Rubenstein. I'm I mean I'm I'm full Jewish Jew. You is know, your dad, dad Jewish my too? Dad's Jewish as well. Oh wow. Yeah. No, I thought you were weird, like through I, the mom Jewish. No. Yeah, my mom. Yeah, it's not a my my kids now will be a through the dad Jew. We call them cashews because my wife is Catholic. Um, <laughs> but it's weird. I've I've always had a, a weird relationship with my Judaism because I knew from a young age that I didn't look Jewish. Like a lot of some of my other friends, you know. Did you and, have? And, I mean, were there a lot of Jewish people in Missouri? Yeah, yeah. Really? I mean, in my school, like it was, it was a public school. It was di- diverse for an affluent neighborhood. Yeah, and, you know what I mean. It's, um, but there was a lot of anti-Semitism. I remember in like huh. seventh, eighth grade, I, w- I was telling people that um, the kids it got so bad we had to like tell our parents and go to school. And so the kids stopped calling us kikes and, you know, Jews. And, like, they would even do this thing where, and people can't see, but they would put their hand on the top of their head. To make it look like a nose? A big nose. Would make it look like a big nose if you take your elbow, bend it, and put it on the top of your head. And so just these, but it goes to show you also how sick and, and creative kids are. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that these kids caught a hold of something that there were, you know, it was maybe like five to ten of us that they kind of singled out for it. And so when we finally had our parents come in and they're like, had this big talk, the kids started calling us wedges, which was Jew spelled backwards. Which, again, I was like, these motherfuckers wow, that's kinda are genius. creative as hell. Yeah. I mean, it goes to show you how cruel, how sick kids can be. Like, we took yeah. all this. We even had, all right, we got to get our parents now, which was embarrassing to take it to that level. Yes. In like a seventh, eighth grade, you don't go and get your parent. You know, you don't want to be a snitch, but it had gotten to that level, and then these motherfuckers just called us wedges. And then eventually it, they got sick of it, and it faded out because we stopped kind of acting like it mattered. But these are like people we're kind of, you know, friends with their neighborhood kids that just all of a sudden had this little spike in anti-Semitism. That's so crazy. Um, and, I, and I don't even think, I, I always talk about this with animals and children. Sure. And just humanity and the world writ large. First of all, everyone's a piece of shit and yep. humanity is gross. And animals, people, oh, dogs would never, dogs will eat your face yeah. if you're dead. Yeah, if you're you know? dead. So, and well, cats mm-hmm. for sure. Owner tastes good. Yeah. So there is an animalistic thing that exists in, in every species. And, and kids are. Kids have to be trained to not be it's Lord sociopathic of pieces yeah. of shit. Yeah, they, they don't, really they don't do. come out pure and innocent and like indigo children. Yeah, no, kids they want to be loved. You know, they respond well to love. I believe kids, but yeah. you really have to guide them, or else they, it is Lord of the Flies up until they're probably a teen. You know, probably even in your. 20s, if a kid's allowed you know, to do whatever they want, they will. They will. Yeah, and they'll be sick as fuck about it. Like they'll be. You won't even be able to imagine what a kid could come up with. You yeah, know? I mean they're pretty. They're savage. Yeah. You, know, you realize, like, some kids, you're like, oh, wow, that's a bad kid. Yeah. I think it's almost natural that you grow up as a child and you're a psychopath, and people have to go, don't be a psychopath. Right. And either spank you or yeah. punish you or make you realize how bad being a psychopath yeah. is. Yeah, like, don't throw rocks off of a bridge, Jimmy, that then can hit <laughs> cars, and, like, they can kill people. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, so anyway... The being Jewish and not looking Jewish. So I even went to a Jesuit college, which even to this wow, day, that's crazy. 
Yeah, it was just because it was only school I kind of got into. What did your parents think when you said, I want to go to an extreme, strict Catholic college? We celebrated Christmas growing up. Like, we were not that religious. I went to temple, but ended up, you know, the soccer team I was on was a Catholic school soccer team. Interesting. really good, and I wanted to play soccer instead of going to temple on Saturday, of course. And I just didn't, you know, like most kids, they don't care about church or... Yeah. um, And particularly Jewish Americans can be very secular. It's definitely a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then they discriminate against you. You know, I'm discriminated against Jewish people for not being Jewish enough. And then to like my Catholic kind of prep school college friends is like, oh, you're not really Jewish. But... But I told him recently on a text, I'm like, I'm Jewish when you guys want to, like, ask me about Nick Cannon or something. And what do you think about this? And, you know, like, it's like, well, I don't send you guys an article about this priest who raped a boy and be like, what do you guys think about this on a text thread with all Jewish guys? You know what I mean? Like the one Catholic guy. And so it's just kind of shit like that where I realized I was like their only black friend in college. Yes. You know, and a lot of them probably wouldn't totally admit to that, but... All white prep schools, I realize, especially Catholic schools, you're you're kind of breeding this bubble mm-hmm. in a sense. You know, a lot of religious schools. Absolutely. Um, but that's and you're I'm raising your, are you raising your kids Jewish or are you raising they're, them? They're Catholic, man. I kind of don't like it. But my wife is, you know, she's Catholic. You know, I got like married. crosses over the bed, crosses no, around the bed. No, it's not that fucking. They yeah. they just you know. They, they're like whatever kind of I it's like Catholic light more just a little it is like they got their um, communion or whatever yeah because my wife does it and you know I don't like take my kids to temple but yeah. I also too I hate I don't want to feel guilty for that yeah you know I'm more spiritual in my religion where I kind of see a little bit that religions are more man-made of course I mean pretty obvious to me but um, so it's just I'm a big do unto others as you want done to yourself we will not get into this, but just so you know, I converted to Judaism. Did you? I did. Why? For a girl, of course. Oh, did you? Why else would someone do it? See, that's the, the thing. Day? I mean, I got married. I got married in the Catholic Church, and I literally like was crossing my fingers <laughs> behind I think my I back did that during my because conversion. I'm just like, I told him, I was like, "Look, I'm really not comfortable with saying like this shit under Jesus. I don't believe this stuff. I'm just doing this for you and your family. Wow. You know? They actually one of the things we convert. And I didn't realize this at the time. I realized you'd say, okay, I'm, I want to adopt the principles of Judaism and believe in God as, as you know, the creator. But I didn't realize that there in, was involved a renunciation of, of Jesus. Oh, there Not is. Not like a renunciation like, I didn't G- know like that. he's a bad man. Yeah, but you have to be like, but he's a real person. He, he's not the son of God. Isn't like, that the difference? And so I literally, when I said some, I forget what the language was, but I crossed my fingers behind my back, which is so puerile, but I yeah, did that. Good. Because it just felt weird. Yeah. What do you mean? I have to, why do I have to renounce him if I want to? Right. And I love how that just a tooth, it's so childish, but I did the same thing. And like, I literally probably, if somebody I wish at my wedding could have been like, like when I'm at the altar in certain little parts, like I would just kind of be like, uh-huh. And I, you know, and kind of shame on them a little bit, not my wife and their family, but like the Catholic church for not, and even this priest, Father Lopez, we had, he was amazing. Such a great guy. Talked to me about it before, but even like, why why couldn't they be more inclusive in a sense and say hey this is mm. a different you know it's like but i like you said i had to take a pre-canaan class the day before oh wow and all that shit of like to learn about you know and i'm just like making it clear i'm not converting i'll here. do it I'll i love do it my wife you. but yeah you know come you on. know what i mean yeah yeah but so that's that, interesting that shit just sucks i hate religion it's just so small. I get that, but it's also it is the best we got it is, in terms keep of keeping people, people together of and course. going anarchy in the streets, which yes. is what's happening right now. It so is. hey, we go. I mean, it is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people would argue that the reason America seems so divided right now is the the social fabric of religion and community centers is basically yeah. evaporated, and now there's no cohesion, and now we are be, we've become tribal just because if there is no church and there is no thing that keeps people together in a community sense and you just go white people come here black people over here you know and it becomes that is very interesting. i didn't really think about that people haven't i mean i know people have been going to church but they're not congregating like they usually are yeah um and i think too it's so much miseducation and and also uh, again that's what i hate about religion is like I, I always make a joke like if jesus came back they would put him back on the cross 
Oh, for sure. They would put him right back up there on the cross. And, you know, first of all, like, oh my they God. They 51 Jesus him, is back. All. Everybody get ready. He's And he's on Trump's side, you stupid. <laughs> watch. Jesus, thank God you're back, Jesus. They're f- Jesus, fucking, we need to get law and order together. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? This is, no, you? no, no. This is no. not how we should be doing this. No. No. no this guy's on. an asshole. You know he's going to hell, right? Yeah, it's like, can you not interrupt me while I'm washing this <laughs> homeless man's feet here? I'm, I'm sucking his toes to clean the dirt that's been on there for his whole life <laughs> and I'm healing him like Jesus what uh, you're that type you're of disgust- Jesus yeah oh libtard Jesus <laughs> came back it's not the good guy I mean yeah. it's just and people would be severely offended by that but it's so true somebody like Mike Pence would not agree with actually what not. Jesus would and the so craziest thing me. is how the Republican Party and conservatives in general have co-opted Jesus yeah, it's not as their fair. guy when they, everything they do does not reflect his Nothing. teachings no um, you know that's, now, that's blasphemy to me which is amazing I know but then again once you introduce religion like you said is man made and once men get involved in anything they're gonna find a way to fuck it up yeah so exactly now one thing I want to talk about is your involvement because you have a pretty strong involvement with a lot of black entertainment and black entertainment in general and how that come about you're in Missouri you move out here after college Uh, no after college I moved to uh, Chicago and I worked at Second City oh you worked at Second City yeah I always tell people I um I, st- I was making pizzas with Jordan Peele. So him and I would always oh, wow. go to um, my apartment after work, like every day for a couple of years. We're making pizza. He had his dreads, and he would always be sitting there, like he was quiet, spinning his dreads like this. And we were literally <laughs> sitting right next to each other at Second City, um, making just like pizzas and calzones and stuff for, you know, we were just like kind of. Uh, not even waiters, like, yeah. because you just want to be around the comedy. Of course. So we would, you know, you're taking classes, and the Jordan was on a lightning track. I mean, he was, it was a much different, I was just. And they were friends then, too, I imagine. Who? Jordan Peele and, uh, and Keegan-Michael Keegan? Key? Yeah. No, they didn't know each other at that point, because Keegan-Michael Key was Second City Detroit, so they didn't meet till uh-huh. Mad TV. Yeah. So, like, but, you know, on the, <clears throat> that, while we're in the kitchen, it was like, you know, Rich Tallarico, a guy who was a, a writer on his show, or Rebecca Drysdale, who she just became the head writer for The Tonight Show. Uh-huh. <clears throat> she, they used to do a show called Two White Guys Together in Chicago. So they huh. had been at Sarah Lawrence together performing improv. So basically, yeah. like, when I started, I was kind of, I, I wouldn't say I was like a, a jock, but I was an athlete, popular, you know. I was a four-time class president oh, wow. in high school with a yeah. 2.0 grade point average. <laughs> so it was like, my thing was, I, I was popular and had a lot of friends, but I wasn't the type, like, I wasn't the, I was a captain of the wrestling team, but I wasn't hazing freshmen. Yeah, you I know? get that, so, yeah. Um, but it's weird because like you were saying earlier, coming out here, I'm not typical for a comedian. I wasn't like a nerd. So my style of humor is straight out of animal house era. You know, I'm a, I love to party. I love to hang out. I love women. Yeah. I mean, like, I just love like sexual comedy, dark comedy, whatnot. And I think a lot of, like you said, comedians, what was so disappointing is you see them on stage and they're hilarious and they get off stage and, and they're like, mm, hey, and they're so antisocial. And, yeah. and it's just like me, I'm not yeah. that at all. I'm not a crazy, miserable person, which again, you know, they told me when I did comedy, you have to be miserable. Oh, you have to be miserable. You have to have severe tragedy all the time. Yeah, and, and I just don't, I don't fully buy that. You I don't, know? I don't buy that either and it's it's almost like same thing with being an actor to be a really good actor you have to torture yourself yeah and if you haven't had something happen terrible in your life it's almost like what happens with alcoholics anonymous sure which i don't know if you've ever fucked with that i haven't but i feel like every woman i've ever dated has been a part of that and somehow and they i'm fortunate enough with alcohol that yeah um, i have that off switch yeah like i love weed but Weed doesn't take you where alcohol does. Absolutely doesn't. You know? But I feel like you go to AA meetings because I would go to watch someone get their chip and all of a sudden it be, you see this thinly veiled competition about suffering. Like mm. I'm, I mean, when I was, I had to inject cocaine to my neck right. and wear a helmet because I would pass out and hit my head and right. I'm working, like, you know, like, yeah, Whoa. well, I put it in my dick. Yeah. And, so it and, just, yeah. so I feel like that's, comics like i'm more suicidal than you it is it's almost yeah and i think richard Pryor kind of set that off you're not richard but uh, there's a lot of you know i was so sad when um robin williams passed because i thought 
he was this, he was always <clears throat> probably one of my biggest comedy idols. Oh wow! And just in terms of if you could have a career to be able to be that great of a stand up and that great of an actor. I mean, he did serious acting, yeah. everything. Um, but I just didn't know he was so miserable. I know. You know that was very upsetting to me because I was like, Ugh. I was like, really, dude? Like this guy's hung himself and is that depressed? I'm like, he seems like, but it's just you never know how much people are hurting. I guess. I know. Speaking of people suicide and people are hurting, I do sure. want to go back to the Nick Cannon thing. Yeah. Because because you're a Jew, I do. Want, I no, heard, I'm kidding. No, I know, but he. I, I, I am heard curious he what is you, suicidal. Somebody said. Well, he posted that on Instagram. I, I just saw that. He goes, you know, I've been thinking about removing my physical existence oh, from the I universe and then he her. talked about i guess his friend killed himself and he said this guy had the courage to do it unlike That's me so and part of me is kind of like shut the fuck up dude right what do you I mean what is that i also see too when you're getting a lot of hate from everybody and social media really amplifies sure you know probably what he's getting um and i like i told people at first i was like oh, i was a jewish person i was like i get it that um uh probably the original black people uh, Jewish people were black or they were dark way darker than me uh, I, I understand he was saying things about melanin means you have like more soul and I'm loosely interpreting you know he said it, Sammy he vision. said he basically said melanin is directly linked to people's I mean like empathy soul. soul I don't mean he didn't mean like soul like the way they I walk mean, into a club they yeah, mean like but soul like, like empathy or like how do you, I mean I I can't I can't fully disagree with that because like all of our, a lot of my soul comes from black people. You know what I mean? I think like you were saying earlier, why do I, why was I drawn to black comedy? Why yeah. Was I, even black people, since a young age, I was always drawn to different people other than me, but especially the black community because, and you probably get this, like, they, I don't know, they've accepted me so much. And I feel like black people accept you a lot more at face value instead mm. of who you are, what you can do. Yeah. It's just kind of like if you're cool, you, that's all you really need to be. Whereas with other people and, you know, other white people, I feel it's more pretentious. Where a lot you of status. Just, being yeah. cool isn't enough because I'm cool. But that in a lot of white circles, I, I always got rejected. I never. Really? You know, yeah, just because I wasn't the nerdy show chorus guy. Uh -huh. I wasn't, you know, I knew how to be funny in real life, not early in my career. I didn't know how on stage, and it was just, yeah. but um, I was going somewhere with that. Well, I did, what we were kind of, you kind of touched on, well, we were talking about Nick Cannon originally. Yeah, Nick Cannon. So anyway, I don't think about Jews being dark, or I was saying with soul, soul does like blues music, it comes from black people, white people, we appropriate black soul. I've appropriated mm -hmm. Black Soul. You and I are comedians. I remember I, I heard a Chocolate Sunday thing you did. Um, and your first opening line, I think, was like, I guess this means I can get invited to the barbecue. Yeah, or something look, who, like look that. who got invited to the barbecue. Look who got invited to the barbecue. Or, you know, I've done similar things. It was like, uh, yeah, I think I'm in the right spot. You know, stupid <laughs> break-in white guy jokes that we do in an all-black audience. But it's... Uh, do you think that comedy for white people in urban rooms or black rooms has changed based on the past few months because i used to go into well yeah nobody's in it black rooms. clubs <laughs> and i always uh yeah but when i when i would come into black clubs from my experience like going to a mostly black high school having a black girlfriend that sure. i wanted to marry at one point sure. um i wasn't fully ensconced in the quote-unquote black community but i wasn't I, until I, I got here to la i got so i guess my point is um when I would make jokes, because my experience in high school was if I could make a joke, if there was a black woman, and I could do like a mm-hmm and a neck roll and just do some stuff from really sure. stupid, like, yeah. they would laugh yeah. and be like, you stupid. And I was like, oh, that's the best feeling. When a black woman says, you stupid, you killed it. I think I agree. I think I agree with that, too, that uh, um, uh, uh, black women are, I mean... God, I mean, especially older women, some of my biggest fans, or I just yeah. I relate so well. Yeah, to, you know, just because just the laughter is so there, and it's so the energy. It's authentic, it's always authentic. And then once you have a, a fan, it's, I don't know, the love is so strong. I guess compared to like you know white audiences, it's I won't say it's not it's not big, but white audiences like dirty, like they want me to hmm. talk about my cock and balls, and they're <laughs> like, whoa, all right, man, that was yeah, yeah fuck yeah, you, you know. Whereas, like, black audiences that you can't talk about your cock and balls, everybody's like, ooh, okay, that's That's nasty. true. Yeah, they don't want to hear about <clears throat> sex. They want to hear about 
well, but I don't know how I would approach doing a show. Jamie, recently, there's going to be a Black Lives Matter comedy show. Okay. And apparently they want a white comic or two. And so Jamie asked me about it, and I was like, I'm like running jokes by him. And he's like, mm, that's too much. That one's good. Like, I don't know what where the line is in terms of white side. Because it used to be the line was go into the belly, go as yeah. deep as you can into I the belly of the beast. I still think you can do what you do, man. I mean, I wouldn't. No offense, I don't know if I would be asking Jamie. I know. But, I mean... I, I get know. it. Yeah, I get But, I mean, I'm just saying, it, it, it's like... But I can't make jokes about big black dicks in high school. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just... For me, man, I feel like when people know you and they know your intention, then you can mm -hmm. talk about pretty much whatever you want. Like, as long as you're not being insulting or... Yeah. It's even at a Black Mile Lives comedy show. I mean, I'd, I'd do that. I probably would just not even think about what jokes I was going to, you know, that would be yeah. like an improvised set. For sure. <clears throat> you know, to just be like, or, you know, me, sometimes I go up there and I get preachy and stuff and I start just kind of channeling the <laughs> Lord a little bit, you know. And how did you get, how did you get involved with um, Black, uh, not Black Lives Matter, but how did you get involved with Chocolate Sunday and that crew? Um, that, and Tiffany Haddish as well. Because I know you, I met Tiff, Tiff, I met Tiff at, at that show at the comedy playground and I was doing Guy Tori's Fat Tuesdays for a while oh, at the yeah. comedy store on Tuesday nights in the um the improv group before. So I was in that for a while. So I think Pookie had kinda you know how it is with the white guy comedians, it is a small which is kind of funny. I mean it goes back to and I'm sure you get the question, people are like are you um aren't you terrified mm. um to uh perform in front of an all black audience which i think is such a racist insulting interesting why do you find it racist racist in the sense because black people should be terrified to be in a, a room of all white people which they are pretty much every day yeah on average a black person goes to a restaurant there that's true i guess that makes sense person. yeah and so, but I don't the think they mean terrified that, like they're going to hurt you, but terrified oh, that you're going to bomb. No, I think a lot of white people, you're right. I think it's both that. I think there's a level where they assume danger, and then there's a level where they assume you're going to bomb. And what will you say to a room of all black people? What yes. are you going to say? And I think that was one thing I learned early on. I'm sure you had this too. We start pandering to a black audience most yes. likely white guys i always and there's different shades of of us white comedian like rt stuckle another guy he went to <clears throat> grady high school an all-black high school in atlanta so yeah rt kind of talks like you know he's like a southern like you know kind of talks like he's got the black southern patois he is he's you know what i mean that's how he grew up nema williams another guy grew up in oakland is for all intents purposes black yeah and so for me, I didn't want to be anybody else. I was going to be myself, and that was what was going to be different. Yeah. Um, in that, in terms of that, because a lot of white comedians, you, I've seen, um, we've seen guys who kind of feel the need to kind of, you know, maybe oh, do a start a acting bit of quote a unquote black. Yeah, yeah, I hate it. Yeah, and we know that's a to me that's insulting. It is pandering. But I think yeah. being a white comic, you have to. You have to go through those trial and errors of acclimating, but yeah. you have to think black people acclimate to white, you know, clubs and life. Every for sure, day. for sure, absolutely. Or at when, least that's just when my when view on it. when black comics do white rooms, like we don't think we don't think wasn't that was that terrifying? Or for like, you? Do how you did think, he do it? Right? He just do you went think his black his family is like? Were you terrified? <laughs> when in reality they should be. You know, because yeah. white people are right now way more terrifying than black people. Yeah. And I think it gets back to like almost the soul what Nick Cannon is talking about is, you know, black people, I, I believe that inherently aren't evil people. You know, it's like they've been. Uh, For sure. You but know, do you think white I'm people are more inherently evil than black no, people? No, I just think, I think through religion and honestly. Their social Religion, constructs have created more yeah, evil have created behavior. Yeah, more evil, more, you know what I mean? Like, think about, you know, in the Holocaust, it was not, you know, and they're still doing it today, you know, whether it's Judaism or if you're Muslim or, I just don't get why people can't let everybody believe in the same fucking God, which is the same fucking God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to think it's different, like we're on a, a, a little ball in the middle of billions of other balls. Yeah. And that doesn't fascinate people way more than some book yeah. that's obviously, like we said, man-made. Yeah. Know? I love the 
idea of people who are very religious, like incredibly devout oh, yeah. religious people who don't believe in aliens. Because I'm kind of like, <laughs> isn't an alien what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, or you have faith to believe in Moses splitting the seas, but you don't think it's possible maybe an alien, like out of those billion balls out there, there's yeah. maybe some other life. Yeah. Yeah. Or they go to church and either beat their wives or they cheat on their wives or they fucking like little boys and... But still, somehow, that's how I don't get. How do you think you're still going to heaven? Like, I don't oh, think because if I was that you bad absolve person, yourself Sunday, right? With your confession. That's my thing that kills me, man. You have to be good seven days a week. It's not just, of course, of course. No, religion definitely has a lot of ways to scapegoat yourself. You know, from doing evil shit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Which is back to what we said. You know, like so. It's just been. I guess white people were most famous for using religion as a scapegoat to. <laughs> Yes. Conquer all, you know. My theory has always been that people, human, it's the ring of power is my theory. Yeah. Give anyone the ring of power, they're yeah. going to abuse it. Most people will abuse if it. If for some reason, um, and I'm sure this is down the road, if for some reason black people have more power than white people in America, they're also going to be pieces of shit because yeah. that's just the nature of humanity. Whoever oh, yeah. has power, whoever becomes a bill. I think there are very few billionaires who have real moral integrity right yeah no i think you don't get to be a billionaire without without stepping on some fucking necks a lot of people yeah. and doing some shady shit i'm sure yeah so what are you what are you up to right now are you working on and this is all this is like month three or four month, of the goddamn yeah, think, quarantine I think are you month four of the quarantine um <clears throat> right now i've just been you know i i started kind of doing a kind of i mean it's not so exciting but um, I found some success in doing like corporate, um, working for law firms, doing a lot of their social media campaigns. Oh, wow. um, just Do you get to add comedy doctors. to it? You know, no, but I find a lot of my being able to relate with people makes me a much better producer and listening. Sure. You know, I, I like there was this one doctor I interviewed and they're like, oh, well, you'll never get him to laugh. That guy's, you know, and I, of course I got him to laugh a few times in the interview and they're like, mm -hmm. you have a smile on camera, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of, I've found some success in that where I can work from home. These corporate, you know, corporates like, you know, law firms, they have big money for budgets for oh, advertising. For sure. You know, and I kind of realize, like, everybody here, we're all reaching for the clouds. Of course, I'm still, you know, selling a show, a cartoon, which I'm hoping that'll that'll happen soon. But, Good. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about that, because what do you think the future of the entertainment industry, and particularly comedy, is right now I mean, based on... a lot of on, animation. I mean, I think comedy animation's Central a new move, right? is doubling down on adult animation. They're, like, switching wow. their whole network to adult animation. That's crazy. Because yeah, there's going to be that. a lot of adult animation movies... Uh, mm -hmm. that we're going to be seeing because people, you know, they, they can't get all those people in the same room safely right now. Yeah. And so... Animation is the only way to really tell a story working. without with the social distance. Yeah, and you can be at home writing and animators can animate at home. Yeah, you can so. have people making out and banging in bed in animation because, yeah. hey... I think it'll be some cool adult animation movies. Now, like is that a, something you're you're? Are you looking to produce adult animation? Or are you kind of looking uh, to on, write uh, for a, a a TV show? I'm I'm kind of a little thing with TIFF that I kind of developed about five years ago that I created. Oh wow! But you know how it is. I always hate talking about stuff. Of course, because of course. it's just uh, you know, and that's the Jew in me. It like you you <laughs> believe like if you talk about something, it won't happen. Let me write know? this down. But then you get sick of that because you have to kind of celebrate in our career little successes. Like you know, how people are like had a sick meeting at Warner Brothers. I'm like, dude, that that's <laughs> probably is gonna mean nothing. But yes. it means something to you in that minute of disbelief where it might mean something. Of course. It could be. They could come back and want to do something with you. Of course. But 99.9%. .9 and it's always it's always good to, to celebrate the fact that you were in a room and yeah. people listened to you, to your artistic ideas. I mean, that's yeah. a nice thing. It sucks, but that what a lot of people outside of the industry don't understand is like those become, you have to celebrate those little moments because sometimes that's all you might get. Yeah, I know, which is very sad. But, but yeah, so true. that's my that would be my goal to sell sell this show, finally get on the roadmap a little bit. I'd like to. I have a little stand up special I'm releasing where I took like twelve minutes of my of audio that I took from a few different shows, and then I'm having an animator animate it. That's interesting. I thought about the idea of Just an animated like stand up special. Yeah, I was like that way. 
I got this guy. He's doing it for a pretty good, a very good price. He's a good animator. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a good animator. You huh. know what I mean? But again, in animation, you, you pay for what you get. And you know, the more you pay, the more movement you get. Unless you get someone who's fresh out of school, super hungry to have a project done, and they're like, I'll do it for, you know, yeah, but pennies. that person is usually not going to be that good. Yeah. And if they are, they're going to know. You know, I mean, yeah, you might catch that luck. So what do you think the future of stand comedy is going to be in general? Do you think that clubs are going to open up in the same way? or do you I think, think there's that- be more outdoor type mm-hmm. venues i also do think like i've been watching what dave Chappelle's doing um i don't know if you've been following Wait, no that. i haven't been he's been doing comedy shows at his place in ohio his big old farm yeah and uh and he has been um basically tests you he private flies you out he had like john stewart there donnell you know has been playing there yeah chris rock was there the roots are there i mean it's just unbelievable weekend comedy shows and he just tests you right when you get there you know you're rona free yeah and then you're good i want that gig i know and so they've just been it's been kind of interesting to watch that and i think that's kind of going to be the future of it is we're going to have to have instant testing where you will know that everybody inside that club because if you can know everybody is safely does not have it you you know you've got a 99 point Something per chance, sure. then people will be more comfortable. But this fucking plexiglass separating tables—it's um, just—I don't know. It's—it's it's almost kind of like let's not have sex until we can have sex. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Like, I don't want to have to put on the face plate to try and make out. And all yeah, that. and I think that people—if you have an outdoor setting, even if you're next to someone within six feet—yeah, I think most people are going to be okay. I agree. If there's not so much social, like maybe like three feet or four feet social distancing if you're outside. Yeah. Although the truth is we don't really know what the fuck is going on with the virus. We don't know if it spreads outside or if it spreads. Because honestly, the spike in LA, maybe because of all the protests, everyone's outside. So we don't fucking know. No. And also too, we don't know what, you know, they say minority communities are being affected, but really it's, it's any uh, impoverished, you know, anybody who's not, having a lot of money is living in an apartment in a highly populated you know like you go to east la and there's people on top of each other because you have no choice and and i see people you know it's a lot of latino community and they're wearing masks and everything but you have to think about when you're on top of each other and somebody in your building has this virus i think that's when you know because this is obviously a socially uh you know or this socioeconomic problem like if you can afford to stay out of the virus or stay home and have your groceries delivered and not have to go to work yeah. at a grocery store. You know, you're, you sh- in theory, you would think you're buying your way, you're a better chance of not getting it. And it's funny because unemployment ends I know, like the end of this month. Yeah, like the 25th, I think. And That's uh, going to be terrible. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. They're going to have to extend it. I mean, everybody... But why wouldn't they have? Wouldn't they have announced that so far? Yeah, all they announce is that they aren't. Oh God! I know it's pretty terrible. I mean, it's just like, what are they gonna do? I mean, shit's gonna hit the fan. I mean, obviously November can't come quick enough. Yes, if Trump gets reelected, I think there's going to be a civil war. Yeah, I do too. And that sounds really stupid. Maybe a little conspiracy theory. I would have thought it was sound stupid and conspiracy theory, but. I do too. I think, yeah. you're, or I think you're going to have a, a huge attempt for Americans to move out of America, and our and ironically, our borders will be closed. You know, nobody will take us. Yeah, I mean, it's well as it is right now. I don't think we can go to a lot of countries. I don't no, think and I don't even the Americans. I'm even worried about Trump losing and not leaving. You not know, leaving. I believe guys. I really won. It was a bullshit election. Yeah, it was fake news. Yeah, I don't believe he's. Honestly, I don't believe he's going to leave. Yeah, that is That's what's going to be scary. We're approaching a time in U.S. history that's yeah. you know, never happened. Yeah. And it sucks for our kids, you know, especially having young kids. I Yeah, know, what, do you tell, what are you telling your kids right now? I don't know. They keep saying, stuff. when is Kelowna over? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, and we've had some light play dates and stuff. Just, you know, because 
we try to just at some point your kid is really struggling and you're homeschooling them obviously yeah we're homeschooling i mean i'm not gonna send my kid to any fucking school until even if they open up the fall you're gonna be like fuck that even if they fucking will suck my dick every morning and take my kids to school i'm not not letting that happen (laughs) yeah you know what i mean like because unless they can tell me kids are disgusting they bring home everything like yes so they will catch it you know there's not a there's not a there's not an if it's just when and so i'm not gonna risk that yeah It seems that homeschooling is probably a better way to go because it's year round. It sucks though. It It blows because we have work. And so like my wife is working, I'm working. It causes friction in our relationship because she obviously does a lot more of the homeschooling because you know, guys will almost be like, don't worry about it. (laughs) Watch this movie. Watch this. Yeah. Watch watch Hamilton on Disney plus. Exactly. And my wife would be like, why did she not do her project? I'm like, uh, so it's just a pain (laughs) in the ass in that way. And socializing, they need to be, you know, with their friends. It's just mentally, it's, it's a, it's a real, it's weird. Yeah. They, they need to get bullied a little bit, you know, just to toughen up. And we have this terrible president who like, what's so amazing is that my 10 year old, recognizes the character of Donald Trump. You know what I mean? He recognizes that he's not a good person. Yeah. And that speaks, you know, volumes. But yeah, it's like on top of it, we don't even have leadership that, that as a parent, I can pass on to my kid to say, sure. The guy who's running the ship is basically, I mean, he's just fucking steering it into an iceberg yeah. over and over. Dad, you know? why did we elect such a terrible president? Uh, yeah. Funny story. <laughs> yeah, a, funny story, yeah. Hold your jukebox. Juice yeah. Um, I, one thing, before you leave, I want to yeah. touch on one thing we talked briefly about, or you mentioned. You're married. How long have you been married now? I've been married for 15 years, but we've been together since we were 19. Wow, that's amazing. Who moves to L.A.? I mean, I make it And joke. stays together. And stays together. Zero people. No. You're a good like dude, if Samson. anything of success, like, I'm that statistic I can hold. You You've know? almost been married as long as Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, which I is I know. <laughs> yeah, like, if I was famous... See, that's the thing about it. Hollywood spoils it. That's why I kind of like that I, you know, haven't had such a fame, famous career yet or whatnot, because... I feel like it kind of you get ruined, you know. Oh, like, for sure. It's just I don't want to. I don't want to be that. You know, yes. yeah. The Will and Jada, like. Yeah. What do you think I about that? Were, I think they were getting out ahead of everybody talking, but I just still because because um, the guy August had reported it, so that was spraying around Twitter yeah. and social media. You don't and see so, like John. Tra- well, John Travolta, bad example. His wife just passed. So yeah. I'm sorry. But you don't see Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, and Rita's like, yeah, I, I was fucking. Uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> whoever what, what's the rapper dude <laughs> the MC8 what's his uh, that's a whole other thing I don't even know you know what I mean like she's like you know it, and I don't want to make it's not like a I just it's hard with everything going on in the world Will and Jada are kind of like everybody's solid couple so I think it's kind of the timing the fact that they're doing it on her show how open she is about talking about just a relationship. I just think that's something you do in private. Well, yes. With your. Well, I have a theory. Other. I have Why a theory do, about this. You know, and maybe filming it is therapy. I don't here's know. a here's a theory I have about this. A very famous publicist once once told me that, which blew my mind. Whenever you see an actor, particularly a male actor, come out of the closet as gay, mm. it's not because of a choice they made talking with their family and they sat down and said you know what i want to help my community it happened because they were blackmailed a hundred percent of the time every when when uh, neil patrick harris came out as gay someone said i'm going to report it i'm going to report it yeah so they get so, so he had to come out and say so you think will smith's gay no i do think <laughs> this though and i'm telling you i think it's possible no i, I, I don't know I'm but sure i will say this bisexual i'm not saying he's gay it. but i'm saying this I have heard from people I really believe mm-hmm. who weren't trying to like, oh, guess what? Right. Whisper, whisper. People who are in swingers communities oh, okay. who said Will and Jada are notorious swingers. swingers yeah. They've been that swingers for it. years. And I've heard from, mul- particularly when I was in Vegas a lot, oh, and I that's bet. where they had a lot of swinger yeah. parties are. You are the swinger guy, right? Huh? Have you, have you been, you've probably been in the middle of a couple knuckle sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bumping uglies. I've never heard of a knuckle sandwich. Before. Oh, really? Okay, no, that's a thing. Well, you've heard of a knuckle sandwich like that, but actually, it's it's probably a moose knuckle. What does a knuckle sandwich knuckle mean? Bump. 
<laughs> a, a knuckle sandwich was like, I'm going to give you a knuckle sandwich. I get that, but what's, but ne- what's a it sexually? A knuckle sandwich, I think, is that that might be fist. I don't know. I might have made Did that you just up. make that up? I think it's I fisting. like that you made it I'm up. I'm going to give you a knuckle sandwich. I have never been. Like I've had my share. I think it's two guys. You're fist bumping while you're knuckle sandwich in between a girl. Mm, while no. you're spit roasting a girl, you fist bump and that's a knuckle sandwich. I've had threesomes, but never the gay sex and the witness threesome. I've never yeah, had. that. I have, I've, I've done the two girls. Yeah, once before, but I'm I I I was telling someone I don't think I could do the two two dudes spit roasting and knuckle sandwiching <laughs> each other. It's no. just not hot to me. Nor seeing. have I been to an orgy. I did one time with a girl go to a swingers club okay. in New York called Trap the Trapeze Club. I think it's in Chelsea. Oh wow, it's a very famous swingers club, and and I'd heard about it, and I thought it was this kind of fancy, eyes wide shut, no. exclusive because it costs a lot of money to get in. You know. Weird. But then you go there and there's like bars, like don't break into my place bars in front Hmm. of the cashier and you slide the money under and you get blue mats to put down and everyone's kind of fat and gross. You're like, oh, this is what a swingers party? No, it's very rare that people, my girl was hot. Yeah, it's like HBO real sex. That's how I feel like with my wife, like, you know, uh, like you have to bring equally as hot of a person to the table. I'm not just like swapping my wife for uh-uh. for your your three piece. I've got a I've got a 43 year old wife is a dime piece. I mean, yeah. she's had three kids and my wife, I mean, really God bless her. I mean, she's got uh, I mean, she works out all the time, does pilates, but it's like talk about marrying well, you know, I really you lucked out. I did well. I mean, I did luck out because, because a lot of people marry both men and women, they'll marry something and yeah. that person just goes the other way. And Liz is, I mean, she was a, a soccer player in college, gymnast. So she had this like tight body. But then as she's become a woman and everything, you're like, I mean, it's just she's blossomed. Yeah. And then I've always encouraged her, you know, because we came out of the 90s of like, you know, she used to dress like Eddie Vedder. <laughs> so the challenge to get her from wearing baggy clothes into like, like you have this body, like let's, let's. So I'm, I'm very lucky for that, you know, like, and I'm, I'm also very glad now i'm here that i didn't get famous when i wanted to because mm-hmm. i, I would have lost everything and i wouldn't have probably had a family yeah you know and i would have been some yeah it know, makes sense i don't know so. and i think back to the will and jada thing is yeah. i think that they are they are for sure swingers for sure and august because i'm talking by like i know he's him. probably swinging 10 inches of heat for too. sure oh but he God. probably um he said will smith gave him quote unquote permission now I imagine that is actually true, and the way yeah. he received it as Will Smith, like that's cool. Because Will like, Smith is like how the Godfather. We, this dude. is how we swing. Like yeah. it's cool, and so he slept with Jada, and then when he talked about it, and it came out, they had to maintain their image as this powerful Hollywood uh, couple. That makes and they a lot couldn't more reveal sense. this swinging like, thing. Hey, we're this wild swingers. Because so they said, America "Oh, by like, the way, we never told him, but we were separated wow. at that time, and by permission, I mm. meant we were separated. That's interesting. So they could have an." They could have, but Will still looks pretty genuinely. I I honestly haven't even watched that whole video just because everybody, you know, when somebody's talking about a hot topic, it's just yeah. like you kind of don't even care sometimes. But he looks like you feel like as a guy, you know that feeling or something when when you've been cheated on. Um, but having to kind of be on camera and like hear your wife talk about. You know, we had a relationship, and yeah, wow. I mean, he really made me feel like I've never felt before. And as a guy, you're like, is that what she said? Yeah, Ugh. she said that. And and you know, as a guy, like we're all about, um, just that. Was it good? You know, I'm terrible. I'm total pleaser. So like, even after all these years, I'll be like, you know, okay, honey, was that, that boyfriend good? you had when you were 17 was his dick bigger than mine? Right, exactly. <laughs> was it? You know, I've realized over time though, it doesn't matter. Your dick needs to be a certain length to please a woman, but then at that point, it's how hard can you keep it and for how long? Oh yeah. Because I know a lot of guys who've you know they're swinging with heat, but they need so many blue pills, or then if they do too much coke or something, it yeah. stops working. So for sure. You know, to guys out there, you don't have to have. <clears throat> you have to have a certain size. I mean, you probably yeah. agree with that. You want to. I mean, there's nothing better. As a man, than like making an, a woman orgasm. To oh, me, it's the best. Like, that's honestly my I've most heard favorite about thing. it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about it. But it's <laughs> one day. But think about that: how many women don't orgasm? That's truly. crazy. Because guys don't really care. Guy, a yes. lot of guys think they bust a nut, and wow, was that amazing? 
And the girl's probably like well, just he, starting to get a little work. But here's a problem about it. A lot of women and I by the way, I used to be a yoga teacher and for oh, a long wow. time yeah, you probably bang a lot before students. Before I was I didn't I only banged I'm one joking. student. <laughs> but I definitely banged one student. But before I was really and I, I've always I've been an actor for a long time. This is before I got into comedy, I was a yoga teacher. But um I wanted to be a sex therapist. It was something that I was like, I should be a sex therapist because I would always hear these stories and it struck me so weird, like how little people talk about sex, yep. how little they know, particularly how how little men know, know how to please sex. a woman. How to give a woman an orgasm. It's crazy. I think me. guys watch too much porn. Oh yeah, for like, sure. I didn't know. I mean, being in a, I think being in a relationship for a while, you either have a choice where you're going to be a guy who never pleases his wife and doesn't give a shit. You uh-huh. know, I, I had a friend, I asked him one time, I was like, hey, how many times do you and your wife have sex a week? And he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple, three times a week. I was like, wow, it's a lot. I'm like, how many times do you think she orgasms? He's like, I don't, I don't know. Care. I don't care. <laughs> That's and so I was crazy. boggled by that because to me, it I actually get off a little more. I don't feel like if I bust early, and then of course you know your your dick kind of you're like, please, dude, you're like trying to. <laughs> you're your forties now. You're, you're like, like, come on, bro, like once more into the, the breach. Yeah, who's beaten and you know he's not getting up to fight for another fifteen twenty minutes, and you're begging him to get up, and it's humiliating. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's to me. It became, it's much more satisfying to figure out how to really make a woman orgasm yes, for sure. than to kind of that humiliation. But most men, they they don't have that humiliation or they don't care, I guess. And also, you and myself included, are people pleasers. People pleasers. So totally, part of it isn't so much, I'm yes, such a great lover, a but I'm a compulsive people pleaser. Yeah, no, I think so. I am too. I guess that's a thing when you're a pleaser. And if you're not a pleaser, I guess you don't. You just care if you got pleased. Really. DJ Khaled, he, can give, he won't go down a woman. Fuck no, that. Oh, yeah, which he probably should because oh. God knows. He's probably <laughs> working with not much heat. I mean, DJ Khaled, all that guy. Oh, my God. I really hope he can make some music because, like, just the best music, <laughs> DJ Khaled. Like, what a fucking ego to throw your shit. It's like, it's like Beethoven is playing, and you're like, DJ Khaled like you just hit the record button dude you know like it's so disrespectful and then he's on stage and he can't fucking dance like you have all that money like take some just like take some yeah. dance lessons or get a nutritionist I mean there's so many things to and do he, I mean the only uh, the only thing I see out of him it seems like a great dad seems really yeah. you know I gotta appreciate yo son don't yo eat son. that pussy right only bitches eat pussy bitches be a man a king won't man. eat no pussy dog you're a king Assad Oh, my God. I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> hip-hop. You know, the whole thing is it's gotten so ridiculous. It's so <laughs> it's so candy rap, you know? Like, what do you mean? I don't know. I guess just everything's gotten so soft. Hip-hop is so commercialized. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All music is. But yeah. I don't know. That's not much. Well, listen, man. This uh, is great. I really enjoy talking to you. You're, you're, you're a lot of fun. We Thank have a lot you. of similarity. It was great to hang out with you. Just shoot the shit for a bit. You, you too. Know. Thanks for having me. I mean, of course. most people I don't really get invited on too many i'm always the one inviting people i know and i appreciate that when you so like i don't i really i rarely get booked backed um on like comedy shows or whatever i mean not like i hold a grudge but i i enjoy when i actually get asked to do it yeah a lot of times people want somebody on your thing is like famous or whatnot but when i am this will this will be yes well i i I never i didn't start this podcast because i wanted to like get famous people or talk to famous people you had steve-o a lot of good guys i mean i keep trying yeah and the people but the people i like are people that also they're not going to be so uh circumlocutous about everything they say because they're worried about uh will my pr agent or publicist right and there's also a lot of and i'm not going to name names but a lot of comics we know who i've been friends with for years yeah and i've done them tons of favors Mm -hmm. and i've I've gotten them jobs sure and then i asked my other podcast but they're bigger now and they're like you know i gotta focus on my podcast i'm like you're a fucking asshole i hate that yeah i always call that when you big time somebody i will i will never do that i think because i've been big time so many times like that where people they do that in this business. I hate it. Yeah. I mean, there's be nothing cooler than to be a big, huge star and then do a solid <clears throat> for one of your friends to help out their podcast or their project. I mean, yeah. obviously, you can't say yes to everybody's, you know, thing in a script. And yeah. I understand that. You- but what a great feeling you if, I mean, and yeah. Tiffany Haddish has helped you with yeah. certain things along yeah, the way. I mean, and, she, you know? Yeah, she has. But, you know, I've also learned, like, 
a big lesson I learned from her is she can't she can't give anything to me. I yeah. have to create the opportunity and sell it through her. Yeah, that makes but she, sense. You know, she gave me some early stand-up opening gigs with her and stuff like that. But again, it became she had this the They Ready special. So it became I need these women who are on yeah. it. I'm pushing women. And so yeah. Sam, a white guy, sorry, I'm, it's not like you're needing to be. I know. You know. As a white man right now in entertainment, I'm not to be the guy who's like, what are we going to do as a white dude in yeah. entertainment? We've had a decent run. But I will say this. It is also challenging to understand what how how to be an ally and also be yeah. a selfish entertainer at the same time because yeah. that's and, but i guess for guys like you and i we've already invested in the black community so i look at we're already way ahead of everybody you know i yeah. thought when i started guy tory's room i was going to be like jim carrey and be the famous the white guy and get plucked out of there but the reality is no white agents ever went into those black rooms that yeah. i've been playing in the last 15 years you know yeah. it's, it's weird. We've been discriminated against, not that anybody's going to feel bad for us, but because I've done all black rooms for the most part, I'm a black comedian in the sense, you know what I mean, of, of the rooms I get booked on. I, I, I don't get booked at the improv unless Donnell Rawlings booked me. I don't get booked at the improv unless I'm on D. Ray Davis's night, you know, which is, yeah. it's, I love it, you know, but at some point it's like, um, well, maybe that's going to change now. I think it will. These comedy clubs, you know, having an all-black night is just racist in itself or divisive because yeah. if you have to have an all-black night, that means It's you're saying you're going to have all-white nights every other night. Right. And then only certain black comics get to that level to even get booked at the improv. Yeah, you for know, sure. the comedy store, all these clubs. Yeah. So, well, anyway. we could talk forever, Ever. Samson. You're an awesome dude, YouTube, and uh, I hope we get to work on stuff soon in the future. What can we? What can I plug for you? What can you say? Um, social have, media. Your yeah, what's your I'm show? Have, uh, I'm at Samson Croup at Samson Croupen S A M S O N C R O U P P E N, and I got a stand up special, a little 12 minute. I'm going to release it in four little three minute parts. It's animated. It's going to be called Lean on Sammy. Yeah. So that yeah, look for that. I think that should be cool. And what's your? You have a podcast. What's the caller? You have a show. No, I have a show. Yeah, I do. Us, uh, Samson's World. Samson's. So I do World. like a little talk show where I, you know. Yeah, it's a lot yeah, of fun. So check that out. It's on my at Slice TV page. So nice. Yeah, I'll be everywhere. You know, and awesome. nowhere at the same time. Thank you. All Paul. right, bro. I'll see you at the barbecue. All right. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs>